With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Sadistic Sean David here. Uh, want to bring you the news of the unfortunate passing of a man that I had the opportunity to share a locker room with on more than one occasion. Deathmatch superstar Marcus Crane passed away at the age of 32. Um, Marcus was not only known for his deathmatch wrestling, but in the days of the original WPPF, um, talking 08, 09, um, even into the later years, Marcus was known um, for his lightweight style of wrestling, which sometimes saw him um, put his own body on the line doing some of the most psychotic things that I think I've ever have seen. Um, I'm not just talking about the deathmatch stuff here. Um, so we want to send our condolences to the friends, family, and fans of Marcus Crane. Um, he was he was really good in the ring and a good dude, and um, sad to see him go this way. Um, and 32 is just too young. I just turned 31 myself. Um, for those of you that don't know, my name is Sudistic Sean David. I am one of the founding fathers of the Evolution Radio Network here. And tonight, we will be bringing back Rampage Rants Monday Night Mayhem. I will be slow, flying solo on this episode as, as uh, Chaotic Katie will be joining us very, very soon. So without any further ado, I have a programming update for everyone. I know it has been a very long time since you have heard ERN on your airwaves, but I promise you... That is all going to come to an end very soon. Matter of fact, next Thursday night, that is one week from this Thursday, we will be bringing in the new year, Katie and myself, bringing back Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. I believe this is going to go live at 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time, live here next Thursday night, exclusively on the Evolution Radio Network. I want to take a moment to apologize to everyone uh, for our hiatus. As some of you know, we lost the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, back. Um, I went through some personal things myself, as so did Katie, um, that have not allowed us to be able to bring you this great program. Um, but all of that is done and over, um, and we are, we are going to be moving forward from this. And that is why next Thursday night, again, will be the return of Rampage Rants Thursday Night Turmoil. Now, I do plan on making Rampage Rants Monday Night Mayhem a thing every now and again, um, but I don't know that I'm going to be bringing it back full-time. We will be testing the waters. So um, that is that. 
Um, I want to apologize to everybody. We did not do eight-year anniversary. Usually anybody that knows us knows that's the one show we would not let go. Um, we will be making up for that in the new year. I will have some exciting news to share within the next couple of weeks. Hopefully, um, in the course of January, I should have a huge announcement that is going to shake the foundation not only of this network, um, but the wrestling world itself. Chaotic Katie will be with us next Thursday night, January 6th, for the return of Rampage Rants, Thursday night turmoil. And on that night, she will be giving everybody a live update on her health. So look forward to that. Tonight, I am going to be covering a wide array of topics that are going to include uh, so many things, Um, but I want to kick off this show the right way. Um, This is not the correct ad. This ad will never go away, however. So we're going to start this show on a positive note, even though this is not Thursday Night Turmoil. We will be right back. Because I'm TNT. I'm Dynamite. ERN presents TNT on BTR with your host, Chaotic Katie, the Dean of Wrestling Referees, Steve Kane, and Sadistic Sean David. Grab in wrestling fans and get ready, because it's TNT and it's dynamite. Monday Night Mayhem, and I am the voice of reason, sadistic Sean David. I'd like to welcome everyone back to the Evolution Radio Network. You thought we were dead, but you can't get rid of us. Uh, much like you can't get rid of me, more on that later. Tonight, I am going to be taking some big time to talk about an incident that happened in Texas not that long ago. We have a huge article on that. So um, we'll get to that here momentarily. There's going to be a lot more that we cover, though, um, in terms of everything that has happened while we have been gone. I want to start with this, though, and this is going to be, um, well, you know, the man is back now. So it's not um, more fitting than for this. Chip, you know what? You just made the list. Oh, no. All right, here we go.
And boy, is this but this guy on my list. Because let me tell you that uh, there was a man that was on this program way, way back in the early stages. A man from Canada. A man that wrestled as Hannibal. A man that successfully sued Abdullah the Butcher after claiming to be infected um, with uh, hepatitis C. And um, there are some that have always questioned whether he got it from Abby. Um, The thing about it is this. Hannibal has been doing some of his own podcasting and, and I believe that there is the company in Illinois that has a deal with him to air their footage on his channel. That's all fine and well until you go and do something like he did. Um, let's see here. This would have happened, I want to say the 13th of December in Texas. As indie wrestler, the Blood Hunter, a.k.a. Hannibal, att- attacked ref Lando Delorado, Del Toro, excuse me, at World Class Pro Wrestling's Christmas Star Wars. Um, Hannibal took on Carlito in this match, and the rumors that have been su- circulating are this, that Hannibal paid and drove himself in that Hannibal um, was under the influence of alcohol was the um, most common rumor, whether we know it's true or not. We will bring you more on this story as it develops. What I can tell you is this. Um, Hannibal, from everything that I have seen with this video and everything that we know about the situation, went into the business for himself because supposedly this referee was supposed to be uh, get juice and the way that this transpired I don't believe that this was the original intention I don't believe that this was the um, script if you will call it but From what we do know, this referee was stabbed profusely in the head with a spike. Now, Hannibal claims that somebody from World Class Pro Wrestling gave him this spike. It is your job as a performer to check if that instrument is actually going to do legitimate damage or not. The referee bled profusely. On one of the first blows uh, to Del Toro, he knocked him unconscious, but he continued to hit him with the spike. The referee had to have staples and surgery. However, um, there is a GoFundMe for the referee for his medical expenses, and I promise you all that if Steve Kane were alive, he would have a lot to say about this incident. I am going to bring with us our longtime correspondent and good friend of mine at this time. He is the mad conservative crime fighter. Hello, crime fighter. 
Hello? Hello? Can you hear me now? Yes, I can hear you now. There you are. Tried to do... Oh, I tried to put this on Bluetooth <laughs> speaker, and that did not work. Okay. So, All right. So we are talking about oh. the Hannibal situation down in Texas currently. Um, I, like I said before you came on, if, if Steve Kane were alive, there would have been a lot to, for him to say about this as a referee. Um, but... He is not. So give me some of your comments. I know you watched the video. I know um, you saw what happened. What What is your take on all of that? I am never subscribed to ultra-hardcore wrestling, and that's kind of what this guy was doing to this ref. What For whatever reason, I don't know what. Right. I only saw a still shot of this, still shots of this. I did not want to watch the video because I just don't want to basically watch people mutilate others in that right. sort of fashion. Yep. Well, and here's now, the thing he about this. He hasn't really given an explanation as to why he did this, has he? Not, well, he, he defended it, and, and there was one man that used to be a – big-time booker with WCW that defended it, and that was Kevin Sullivan. Um, I don't defend this, because I'm going to tell everybody the way that this would go, and Crime Fighter has known me long enough to know that I would actually do this. If well, that were to happen... Was going to defend it. It was his show. He booked this show. So, it's, it, so yeah, he's going to defend it because he's the one responsible for this. Partly, uh, partially. Uh, well, I don't know if he's promoter in that company. The rumor, like I said, when I opened this program with this was, uh, and this was taken from Jim Cornette's uh, podcast being sent to him, that um, Hannibal paid to drive himself in. Hannibal paid or in full or partly for Carlito, and Hannibal paid for his girlfriend to manage. Um, that's all fine and well. That does not give you the right to do what you did to a referee. And... Um, Anybody that has known me, um, just, just going to put this out there at this time, April will be my 20th active year as a part of the professional wrestling industry in one form or fashion. Um, I have remained active in one way or another all these years. Um, if I were to be running that event and that were to happen in my ring, couple of couple of scenarios to be laid out. Number one, my locker room would have cleared and that man would have been dragged out of the building by the entire locker room. I would have met him in the parking lot with his bag, and he would have uh, potentially faced arrest depending on how I perceive things to be. Now, looking at that video, I can tell you that this man had to have surgery and a lot of staples put into his head. When it, yeah, borders, on, when it borders on that, I go back to the New Jack situation with him and a couple of indie wrestlers where he was almost charged for assault. When you are doing well, this without somebody – Right. When you were doing this without somebody's knowledge or consent, um, there, there, there's a wrestler's code. Um, Crime Fighter has never been a wrestler, but he's been a part of the business long enough to know this code. And that code and cardinal rule is you're supposed to take care of your opponent. You're supposed to take care of the referee. Um, you're supposed to take care of anybody at ringside. If one of the ring announcer, or if the ring announcer or commentator gets jumped ringside, you've got to protect the business and at all costs. We've kind of lost that. And 
I don't know who in their right mind would be sitting back in the locker room watching this and not want to do anything about it. That blows my mind, too. Um, So that's one way this could have gone. Number two is I would have had a police officer probably there within minutes based on what happened. And when he got to the back, they would have escorted him out of the building because I'm not going to deal with it. I I, I, I have patience for that to a degree, but um, it would have been ugly because I would have probably been spitballs and cuss words at 20 miles an hour uh, for a couple reasons. This was an all-ages event that we know of. We have sponsors, if they're lucky, and you just went, and you could have cost them the building. So you've got like three major things right there. Go ahead, Grand Fighter. <clears throat> Okay, this is an excerpt from an article that was written about this, and this is where Kevin Sullivan bears some responsibility. Another referee, who was actually a part of the match, provided some additional details when he commented on a Reddit post. He stated that after the cops arrived at the scene, he gave a statement because he thought this was assault. The referee accused Kevin Sullivan of telling him to kayfabe the cops to protect the business and everything that happens is a work. He added that Hannibal was visibly unwell prior to the match. So there's where Kevin Sullivan bears a little responsibility. If that is true, that he told him to, I guess, lie about the incident and make it well, less than what it was. I look at it this way. If you're telling him to do that, you're trying to do this for publicity, and this is not something you do um, for publicity. So um, there's, there's going to be a lot that comes out of this. Um, they, I know that there's the potential court case, ch- potential charges, um, you know, stuff like that that are going to possibly come out of this. He would have been fired, and I would have told every promoter that would have considered booking him, do not do it, here's why. Um, the same way I'm going to say it here loud and proud. This guy does not deserve to be in the United States to wrestle anymore. Um, clearly, if the, if the Canadian government and United States government were to get a hold of this, I don't think he'd be welcome back in this country. They don't look too wisely on a foreigner coming and doing things like that to U.S. citizens. Yeah. And that was one thing that Jim Cornette said is, you know, they can pull – they don't have to have, let him have a passport. A passport is a, a passport is a privilege, not a right. Well, you also have to have a work permit if you're traveling from out of the country to work in the United States. So right. He could probably keep his passport, but he would lose his work, right to work in the United States. And I, think that's, and I think that's the best thing because if he's going to do that to people, I don't care if you're paying for a name on my card or not. You don't deserve to get in the ring if you're going to do something like that to somebody. Um, that's, yeah. that's just my take. A um, couple other things I'm going to have you touch on, and then we'll move forward. Obviously, I opened this program with the death, untimely death of Marcus Crane. Um, I worked with him over at WPPF over in the Quad Cities a lot. Worked with him a couple other places that, um, you know, they're not around anymore, but a lot of these promotions that him and I worked in aren't. Yes, he uh, came out of first. Officially, he came out of Scott County Wrestling under the tutelage of Danny Daniels and Chris Hero. Uh, in the early days, he went by his real name, but uh, when he hooked up with the um, 
the uh, I guess I just call them the Atlanta Eight way back in the day, but basically uh, Matt Cage, the Hooligans, that crew. Um, he changed his name, Marcus Grain, and became and he worked with them a lot and cut his teeth on um, becoming. But one of his early matches, it was a very bloody contest with him and Matt Cage. Somebody had a birthday that day, and what a birthday present that was. Oh, I think uh, it was Matt Cage who had a birthday that day. It was at GAW. Oh, my. It was, it was a brutally bloody match. I met Marcus. I um, them to stop the fight after the match was over because, like, they're bleeding like a stuck pig, and it's like – Take care of your guy. Save right. the uh, post-match antics for another day. You got a bigger problem on your hands than uh, making a statement. Marcus, um, I knew for a knew of for a long time. We met when I went over to work for Big Daddy. I I want to say again in '09 is when him and I officially met. Um, he was the owner and founder while OSWA, which was the original company behind WPPF, started. There was a company running in the Quad Cities, it's Quad Cities Wrestling, and it is uh, my belief that uh, Marcus had a hand in that booking that company. It was, it's gone now, long gone, just much like WP. Yeah, I don't and, know which bed he was actually promoted. Um, but that but they, they drew some crowds. There were some good wrestlers to come out of there. Um, he had a lot of fun at WPPF. Some of the matches he had were were really good. Um, saw him go other places. I know he was a part of Dreamwave Wrestling with, uh, oh God, I, I, I that's what I was going to say. That's what I wanted to say, but I wanted to make sure that I was right because it's been a while since I've been able to think of that name. Um, so you know he had some success. His bigger success was the Deathmatch Wrestling, which is where he got his injury. Um, I, I think there were a lot of people that tried to get him to dial back on that. Um, that's just not who he was, unfortunately. Um, we don't know the cause of death at this time, so we're not going to say anything about that. But um, we, again, want to send our well wishes to his fans, his family, uh, friends. They, I mean, that man traveled all over the United States and beyond to do the deathmatch wrestling scene. So, and like I said earlier, I just turned 31. 32 is too young to go. Yeah. Yeah, this has been, I think he's the second, it's actually the second person I knew from the early, early on. Because Mississippi Madman was the other person who passed away early this year. Crane started early, started, and I saw him in his very early days and then somewhat early days and uh, passes away just recently. And Correct. Just usually a national name you uh, right. see in your childhood passing away, but not somebody that you see in your adult I'll be right back. start and then finish in like Less than 20 years. Put that on mute for a second. Go ahead.
I'm here. Sorry about that phone call. We got to get everybody back used to this schedule again. Um, so yeah, you my know, phone is ringing too. <laughs> <laughs> the joys of live programming—they they never go away, especially in this industry. Um, I am going to take some time. Marketing. I am not going to divulge everything or all of the reasons that I know all of this, but we are going to open a little bit of Pandora's box here tonight. Um, and I am going to be talking about some things that have been brought to my attention since we have last been on the air. Some of them include Crime Fighter and some of them not so much, but we'll get there. We'll get through it. That's what I'm going to use this remaining 34 minutes tonight. want to let everybody know tonight that I have parted ways with Brian Blade and the Midwestern Wrestling Alliance. I wish him nothing but the best. Um, if he ever asked me to come back, I might consider it, but there were reasons to lead to my departure. Um, basically, creative differences. We were supposed to co-promote the Elgin event together uh, back in June. As most of you know, I was very much pushing that. Um, it featured Lance Archer and Christopher Daniels, and it was a, a big sellout event up in Elgin, Illinois. Um, they returned in July with um, – James Storm and Christopher Daniels and Eric Bischoff. And then I believe the last one, which I believe was in August, had Rhino and um, Tommy Dreamer. And I want to say James Storm again, if I'm not mistaken. Um, We couldn't see eye to eye. I decided it was best. We both kind of decided it was best that I not be a part of that for a while. Um, And obviously there wasn't a lot done by him after that in Illinois. He kind of moved operations again to other places. Um, I will probably divulge at some point in the future the, all the reasons that uh, led for me to make that decision, but I will say this. Um, that night, I had some of my own talent there. C-Red was there. Miles Mercer was there. Um, oh, her name's going to make me draw a blank right now. Renee Peebles. Uh, yes, Renee Peebles. And uh, a couple, uh, Angus McDuff was there. Um, it was a good night of action. It was, it was really good. Um, there were some things at that event that I didn't agree with. Um, crime fighter was at that event. He filmed it. Um, it was a good event for what it was. However, um, creatively not where I want to be anymore after almost 20 years doing this. Um, I have some irons in the fire. That's all I'm going to say at this time, because in the next couple of weeks, I hope to be bringing an announcement, uh, about what those irons are. Um, But I do want to take a moment. It was brought to my attention through the grapevine that anybody that is booking independent wrestling in the United States does not need to do business with the booking company, Book Pro Wrestlers, LLC. Um, I have some firsthand knowledge of this. I have some other secondhand knowledge of this. What I can tell you is this. Steve Stasiak is the quote-unquote owner of Book Pro Wrestlers LLC, and there are some things that are questionable, uh, not only found by myself, by Crime Fighter doing some investigating for me and others doing investigating. Um, There are things questionable about a man that he has working for him. There is knowledge that I was given about other places that this individual has worked. Now, um, From what I was told, if you email Book Pro Wrestlers, they will uh, source you out to this man 
named Mr. Charles Rock. Uh, that is, is not his real name. And um, that's I, classic, uh, by the way. Better <laughs> clarify that when you get to that portion. Um, we I've got thirty on my clock. I've got thirty on my clock right now uh, for that, and I can always extend. Um, you one second. I'm trying to pull this up. Maybe it's there. But Charles Rock, what did he do? That has your uh-huh. ire all up in arms. Well, Charles Rock. Oh, come on, Bertha Faye, don't fail me now. Charles Rock um, has supposedly scammed some other promoters. He scammed one in Indiana that we know of um, out of some things. Uh, Basically, what happened is this gentleman booked, I believe it was Lanny Poffo, for his event through Mr. Rock. And Rock told him that he would uh, take care of the air flights the Friday night before the Saturday event over in Indiana. Um, Mr. Rock informed um, this person that he would have to take care of Lanny's flight, and um, there was just a lot of other issues with it that led to a falling out between this individual and him. Um, I was told supposedly that Charles tried to buy the gentleman's ring, and um, Charles tried to buy the ring with no money. Um, don't know how you're going to buy a wrestling ring with no money, but that's neither here nor there. The other thing that I know is this. Um, there are people that this man represents that clearly, for whatever reason, do not know this man's history, which I am pulling up the graphic now. Um, I don't judge. I want to I clarify that. I don't judge. Um, however, this man and, and crime fighter, I'm going to let you speak on this after I say what his defense is, um, is no better than a promoter that we had here in the Midwest. And I'm, 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 that's what I'm going to say. So Mr. Rock's real name is Nathan Charles Starling, and he is a registered sex offender slash child predator. Crime fighter, I'm going to let you have the floor with that. How nice. Uh, I was kind of wondering if um, he is actually still working under working with Stasiak at all at this point. I was told that Stasiak that's knew about unclear. it. Uh, yes, that is unclear. I was told that Stasiak fully well knew about it, and I'm going to put it out here like this. If the people that he were representing knew about this, they would not be working with him. And apparently he's some a second middleman over behind another middleman and booking talent and yes, and, um, uh, it kind of turned me off. Even I've already been soured on agents in general and looking for an alternative and considered this again. Considered it because Cape for. Cape Championship Wrestling has gone through com. even though there's been people who've kind of questioned its business operations or conduct in the past. Uh, no. Um, nah. Don't, I can't, we're not, I, don't even try going through them. 
I can tell you that the people that I know that have worked with book pro wrestlers had a hell of a time trying to secure their the talent for the date that they wanted because there was no way for a deposit to be sent legitimately and have record of to that company. Um, Mr. Rock, from the knowledge that I was given, was trying to have it sent to like his either cousin's PayPal or something like that. So um, faulty way to do business. Some of these people in wrestling have not grown up and realized how to, to do business with the big boys. Um, some people want, still want to do this shady, underhanded shenanigans that make us look like carnies. Um, and look, if I am working with an agent and I have to send a, a talent, a deposit for this date, and you're telling me that the talent is available, which is what happened in this situation with somebody else, then there's a problem because if I can't send you that deposit, that tells, at least in my mind, me everything that I need to know to know that you, doing business with you is probably not a good idea. Well, you shouldn't have to jump through hoops to send somebody a deposit. No. I know some learn firsthand that there's some wrestlers that don't even do any sort of electronic payment transfers. Right. Just, um, that, I guess doing it the old dinosaur way of snail mail and a check. They don't want to well, do electronic right. banking of any sort. Right. Ridiculous. Now, I, I, and I agree with that. Look, okay, it is up to the discretion of the boys or girls working in the show if they want to take electronic payment. I can tell you there's a company in Illinois, maybe two, maybe even three that do electronic payments. The great thing about that is it's tracked. You know exactly where that money went. And usually some of the companies that I know of that are doing this will drop it in during the event, like right after the doors open, once things are starting to get counted. Um, that's the way to do it, I think. I think the days of wrestling being an all-cash business are about to be done. Um, but getting back to Mr. Rock, now obviously everybody knows my history and, and you know, things of that nature. So, yes, uh, Big Daddy, you know, he's not promoting and if anybody really wants to know, I'm kind of the one that could have put the final nail in that coffin um, because yeah. I made an agreement with him on 2016, Wrestle Wars 1, and when he defaulted on a loan that I had given him um, for talent, I took over the rights to the company, and that's why he's never run again ever since. Um, I made sure that he didn't have a viable name to run under at that point. And there were people in the Quad Cities that knew him well enough that weren't going to allow him to stink up their business anymore. So um, I, I think that having anybody around like that is going to be bad for business. I think um, any promoter that allows that man into a building or anybody that's got the same charge as that is nuts. Um, if you don't know about it and they come in off the street, that's one thing. But to have this be a quote-unquote big agent to the stars – and he's doing that, and then you want him to be at all ages events? No, absolutely not. I'm gonna let Crime Fighter continue while I uh, light my cancer stick here. Continue thought. I don't know if there's really anything to add to this, other than don't do business with Charles Rock or whatever the name he's going by, and this agent in Book Pro Wrestlers, I guess. Unless that's correct. I don't believe. Pro Wrestlers has put out any sort of public statement against 
this individual that I, I don't know either. of. No, I believe he, and, and, and like I was told. Go ahead. Um, so, you know, he's just, it's, it's one of those things where people like this do not have a place at the table when it comes to this industry, and it's not something that the guys or girls take lightly of in this industry. Um, I was also told that he had scammed some people on some money, and I was told by another um, promoter that he was out, this Mr. Rock was out in uh, Pennsylvania and that he didn't have any money, didn't have a car, didn't have anything or a card to get back to his own hotel. I guess he had to walk, didn't he? Yes. <laughs> Serves him right. But I, I don't know what I would have to agree for. I don't know what this clown does for a living or why he's even in the business if he came and pay his own bills. Right. And I think the other thing that needs to be said is this man was promising a promoter that um, I, I know of that, hey, if you book so-and-so, I'll book this one and that one. How are you going to do that if you take yourself to Pennsylvania with your so-called talent you're representing and you can't even take care of yourself out there? That just doesn't make sense to me. Um, so that is that. We talked about Hannibal. Um, Crime Fighter, yeah, I wonder if he even got out of Pennsylvania. That's another <laughs> question. <laughs> um, do you have anything to add? We've got about 20 minutes left before we need to wrap this thing up. If you've got anything, well, the floor is yours. Well, I'll give you a preview of upcoming attractions. Obviously, the year is winding down, 2021, and next week I will be presenting the – End of year review show that I do every year, doing the top ten news stories of downstate Illinois, Missouri, basically the St. Louis wrestling scene. Yes, it's been a slow year, 2021, as everybody supposedly is merging from the COVID crisis, but apparently everybody's waiting to go back in there, and you certainly were not happy that COVID restrictions were being applied to stuff again, and you're hopping mad. Well, so am I. And, you know, you have to make a decision. Does the virus control your life, or do you, or are you in control of your life? If every action you take is due to the virus, then you're not in control of your life. The virus controls you, and that's no way to live. And I absolutely refuse to live that way. And I absolutely refuse to be treated as a second-class citizen because I uh, may not want to take the vaccine or I may not want to wear a mask because we have enough data out there and yes, the big tech industry has done nobody any favors trying to uh, push one particular narrative and refuse to uh, allow any second opinions, which is what you're supposed to get when you uh, visit a doctor is always get a second opinion if you're having some sort of major medical issue. Right. Big tech has done us no favors, and, but we now know enough to make our own medical decisions. And everybody, everybody's anatomy, health, physicality is completely different. 
There is no, absolutely no one-size-fits-all way to deal with COVID. Certain people want it to be that way, but that's not how it is. And everybody's different. Everybody's body's different. They react to things differently. That's why some people can eat strawberries and another person has a very, well, actually, one person can eat peanuts and another person can have a violent reaction to peanuts. I mean, yes, the vaccines can uh, have negative effects on certain people, but that's why you can't treat everybody the same, but everybody has equal rights and no one should be treated a second-class system because they decide to uh, deal with COVID differently than uh, what other people want to. Right. And then the question becomes, now having said all this, what's the future of the, the wrestling scene? Because what was what happened over the weekend? Oh, WWE returned to Madison Square Garden last weekend. And... Several wrestlers had to pull off the show because they got sick or a family member got sick and they were in close contact with that family member. And then the card got changed drastically. No more Seth Rollins, no more Becky Lynch, for instance. And the attendance dropped down supposedly 5,000 people. I mean, attendance is so bad WWE, I think, has lifted all lifetime bans on fans because they cannot afford to turn anybody away now. I know All Elite Wrestling apparently is uh, putting lifetime bans for offensive signs that cause somebody butthurt, but WWE can't afford to do that right now. So that supposed fan that uh, attacks Seth Rollins was allowed to attend this Madison Square Garden show, apparently. So that's how I determined the lifetime bans have all been lifted. Right. And will we be going back to episodes of Raw and SmackDown where they're wrestling in front of several thousand TV screens with fans in each one of them? Yes, and we'll be talking about that more soon as uh, Katie and I return with Rampage Rants Thursday night, Turmoil Thursday night, January 6th, 10 o'clock Eastern, 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. Unfortunately, I have something that I need to go deal with, so we are going to wrap this up for tonight. I want to thank Mad Conservative Crime Fighter for joining us, and all of you great Evolution Radio Network fans. We will see you all January 6th in the new year. We're going to launch 2022 bigger and better than ever. I am Statistic Sean David. Good night, everybody. Good night. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.